This building has been a, an incredible privilege and we have been challenged. I have been challenged. I, I know for other guys it's been a walk in the park, but there has been something I felt like this time has, for us has been lacking in something. And, I've, and, and God has graciously allowed us to walk through this time. But this is the last time for now, maybe, but for the last time, hopefully forever, that uh, we will be in this building. We will, as of next year, coming from the 8th, I think it's the Sunday, we will be in the Mosaic Christian Baptist Christian Church. But I don't want us to forget where we've been. I don't want us to, to breathe off this time. This has been a, a, a stripping back and a realigning time for me, certainly, to allow us to see what it is that we really are doing here and what God is really doing in our midst. And it's, it is encouraging that we have been able to come through this and still worship and honor God the way we have, that we haven't needed the other things. While those things are, are nice and necessary and the building that we're going to is amazing, right? But what this, this place has showed us is that we don't need that. However, it is nice to have. I don't need a couch in my home, but I do enjoy sitting on a couch. But there are things in the new place that we are going into that is a little outside of our size and scope but we're hoping and and believing that god is calling us into growth and into something but i want to ask you in this next season would you come with us and would you help serve in the next place there is a lot of um, things we can go back to there is a cafe there is and we are going to step into those things as we see they're necessary we're not going to do the old build it and they will come we'll, we are going to ease in and where we have the teams and the capacity we will put things in but we have a full sound desk again. Um, we have words and projector. But as I've always said, I won't allow these things to break us. So if we only have one words person, then we only have words once a month. So as many as people will help serve in the areas will be as many as areas that we will, we will have. If there is a coffee machine and if there is coffee will depend on if we have guys to help run the coffee machine and serve the coffee. So I'm, I am not, um, that's not a, this, this is not a threat by the way. <laughs> Please, for the love of the Lord. I'm not saying, I'm not strong on us, I'm just saying I don't want us to be tired in the stuff, right? The stuff won't drown us. We want to go in and do what's necessary. We are going to go back to having guys lead and, and training, equipping guys in that. This will allow us to do that. Um, not that we couldn't do that here, but it's just that it's changed the way we've been able to think about uh, through a few things. So I, I just want to encourage you in this next season, come help us build where we're going. And, and if there is things that we want, if there's things that you see are missing from this house, if, if there's a question you have, why don't we have X or why don't we have Y, then come and talk to us about it. But please be willing to help build it. If you've got a heart for outreach and you're saying, hey, Ben, why don't we go to the streets? I want to build that with you, but I can't build it on my own. God is calling me to do a specific thing and he's calling you to come and stand with us in that. So I, I'm not closed to all those things. I'm open to outreaches. I'm open to street evangelism. I'm open to teaching times, to pastoral cry rooms. I'm open to those things. I don't know if they exist, but maybe we, maybe we have those. But come and, and ask God, how, how can you step into? That's not what I'm preaching about. I don't know why that happened. But if you've got a Bible, go to Isaiah for me. The title of my sermon this afternoon, which will be potentially quick, 
is called for to us a child is born and there's an exciting season before us and in in our community there has been the birth of children has sort of been a, a big thing every time we've moved into something big and Christmas I've been thinking a lot about Christmas and a lot about um, what Christmas is I had a whole sermon on a Christmas tree and I scrapped it so um, I got so into it I was so excited I did so much research on the Christmas tree and I'm, I'm excited it was pagan then unpagan then back to pagan I was it was all kinds <clears throat> I'll, I'll touch a little bit on it but there's an exciting thing in Isaiah 9 that is prophesied and I think that there's there's a promise about Christmas that we, we always, almost every year, you get the people saying, don't forget the reason for the season, right? And that's great. And that is what, what we want a, remi- a reminder of. Christmas for all of us is, is, is a break in most cases. It's, it's a few weeks off. It's rest. For some of us, it's family. For some of us, it's, it's time alone where we get to just reflect. For some of us, but almost always, it's, it's filled with stuff, right? Meals, it's filled with other things. And, and it, what, what is prophesied here is something powerful into the future, so Isaiah 9, verse 1, chapter 9, verse 1. It says, But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. The rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of of the tramping warrior in the battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That to me is the most exciting thing we can see in Isaiah that there is a promise of a child that would bring light in the darkness that would bring an, a, a beginning to the end right that would bring a promise back to a people who were lost who were, were, were swandering right who were, were absolutely confined to a set of rules that didn't promise whether or not they would come into what God had said they would come into but like in the start it says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. Stay where you are in Isaiah, but if you can, jump up to Luke chapter 2, 22 verse 32. Luke 22 verse 32. <clears throat> Because there's a great word here by, by Simeon. It says in, in Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 22. <clears throat> and when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written, 
in the law in the law of the Lord every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what it is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consultation of Israel consolation of Israel rather and the holy spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him by the holy spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the lord's christ and he came in the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law he took him up in his arms and blessed god and said lord now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the gentiles and for glory to your people Israel when jesus walks in the door simeon instantly knows what's happened he instantly knows the presence of god even as a child filled simeon's heart to say there is the light to the world the incredible thing is that he's quoting in that he's quoting isaiah this is what was promised a light that would would pierce the darkness in such a way that there would be no more darkness it's almost like simeon although he's excited he gets to say finally i get the rest that i was promised because i can see the christ which is the light in darkness i think this is such an incredible thing that in in isaiah it is promised that there will be a light so bright that it will pierce all that's around it when christ i mean there must have been times that people would have brought their son into into the temple grounds to say this is the christ and simeon was not a chance and if you read on in that verse as a prophetess who prophesies over christ but the powerful thing is that simeon knew but out without a shadow of a doubt as soon as he entered the room that when christ enters a situation when christ enters in to that place that there is such a bright piercing light that darkness is no more he becomes the the the, the promise in in all that was given prophesied in in Isaiah the gospel starts in light it gets lost in darkness and then is reinstated in the light when Jesus is born and the darkness is pierced as a people this is the promise this is the gospel for all of us that the very beginning of our walk was in light in the garden of eden lost in darkness through sin but then found as Jesus entered back into the room for all of the the marvel fans this is the new suit right this is the hey this is the upgraded suit where you just know he's got the suit everyone else is in trouble right that there was a, a, a almost a question mark among is the christ coming you could imagine through generations of generations that as the story was told that that the lord would send his christ he would send the savior he would send one who would change the 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 way of darkness he would change the pain and you would you can imagine over time you would start to question is this really real are we really going to see and then that that faithful day when Christ walks in to be declared in the temple and before that in the manger when the 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 three wise men the magi come and they know that there was a promise in the sky from God that God is with us Emmanuel is before us he continues on he says the sorry the verse in Isaiah continues on and in verse 3 it says you have multiplied the nation you have increased its joy the rejoice before you as with the joy at harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil 
for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle to mold and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. You have multiplied the nation and you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as in within before you as with the joy of harvest. What happens at harvest time? They bring the food in. When you think and we're not eating for the month, they bring the food in, right? There's a joy like when you get that when you're hungry and you order that meal and finally the steak comes out and you can see it's coming towards you. And you're like, mm. that's the joy they would have felt, right? There's this I'm not going to die anymore. I'm not I'm gonna be filled. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You get a sandwich there. It's, I'm, not, I'm not dying anymore because food is at the wake. What they did in this part, what, what the promise was that when you see the light of joy, that there would be an increase of joy in a nation because there would be a multiplication for what's to come. As a people, I struggle with Christians who cannot see positive outlooks on their life or on the life they lead or what's to come. Because right here, as soon as Christ entered into the world, there was a joy written for all of us as a people. That darkness has been overcome. That doesn't mean we don't have hard times. That doesn't mean we can't struggle. I'm not saying that. But the joy is not happiness. Joy is rooted deep inside us that regardless of all of this pain and suffering, regardless of all of this thing that's happening, there is a joy because the darkness has been overcome. The morning has come. We have to remember as a people, what the, the charge for us as Christians is to remember why it is that we carry this joy. Because there was a great darkness. There wasn't anything for us. There was nothing but pain and suffering. But Christ came and said, I have broken the yoke of his burden. I have bro- we, we all know what a yoke is, right? A, a, a tying to. Coco knows what a yoke is. The other cow, right? What we tie ourselves to. It says right here that the yoke of his burden, Sean, hey? It says right here that the yoke of his burden, the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, all these things have been broken. The darkness that led your life before when you come into Christ and Christ comes into you is now no longer there anymore. Nobody is excited about it. Sean's a little bit. Just one smile would be nice. Half a smile, you know. We don't have to live in that place of darkness anymore. If we can't remember that, guys, as Christians, really, if we can't remember that, if this is only remembered when a guy stands up here or a gal stands up here and tells that we go, that's exciting, but then we go on our day and we forget that our life is rooted in light and not darkness, that we no longer, those things that hold us, the, the rod of the oppressor, the yoke of the burden, the, the, the staff, those things of the world no longer dictate how we are to live. They no longer dictate who we are. The, the way somebody thinks about you, the way that you, you look, the way that you, you hold yourself is no longer dictated to by the world because Christ has come in and broken the, that, that shadow of darkness. Does that make sense? Does that excite anybody? The challenge in that is, is that we forget what it means. We forget that those things have been broken. We're easily reminded of the pain that's before us because we don't take the time to set our gaze on Him The world quickly wraps around us and brings the shadow back in and we forget that there is a glimpse of light that that's what we actually draw on. That's the joy and hope that's inside us. He continues on in verse 6. It says, For to us 
A child is born, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Was that the lyrics of the song we were saying today? Whoa, shubby doo right there, eh? I thought it was, but I was trying trying to focus when I was playing. I couldn't, uh, that's fantastic. There you go, Tim, that's where we get that song from. For to us, to who was a child born? Us. us. To who was the son given? Us. Right? God's, God didn't bring the... Without going deeply into it, God didn't bring the son, God didn't bring the child in order to, to make, to punish us or to punish him. He brought him in to free us, to allow us back into the fullness of him. God wasn't punishing Christ for our sin. He was bringing him because he was the only one that could free us from the darkness we were in. The shoulder, the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. The greatest government that we bring ourselves under, that we live in, is the government of Christ. This is why when all of the COVID stuff was, was happening and there was so much, so many things, I think for, for a long while and maybe even still to some degree, Christians forgot whose government we stand under. We stand under the government of Christ. His government shall be upon his shoulder. Sorry, the government shall be upon his shoulder. When we come as ambassadors of him, we come into that place with him as light, with him, he in us and us in him. It's his government that rules and reigns in our life. But we get to decide in every moment that we operate, we get to decide which government flows through us. We get to decide, is this the government that the the child came or is this the the old way, the, the, the shadow of the world, the darkness of the world? The government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love that in this verse, in Isaiah, he prophesies the Godhead, right? The Wonderful Counselor. Who else is called the Counselor? The Holy Spirit, right? The Everlasting Father, right? The Prince of Peace, i.e. a son, a prince being a son. And then all of them being Mighty God. He prophesies the Godhead right there that in the Son will be the fullness of the Godhead. So when we are saved as followers of Christ, when we become uh, in Christ and Christ in us, the fullness, which is what Paul says, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in us. The light that was pierced to make the, the, the morning come, to make the darkness leave, is the fullness of the Godhead of which now dwells in us. Does that make sense? The fullness of God dwells in us as a people. I'm almost finished. This is why it's Emmanuel, God with us. Because he finishes in this with, in, in verse 7. It says, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. This prophecy right here in regards to who Christ is means that there is no place that the government of Christ cannot go in your life. That what God has given you as God with us, Emmanuel, his government 
cannot be stopped when we operate in it. So whatever, wherever we are, if we truly understand the government of Christ, if we truly understand who He is and what it is He's done for us and in us, we, and we stand in that government, it cannot be superseded by any other government because the increase has no end. But there's also one thing here also, that the peace of Christ has no end. How many of us throughout the year have felt overcome by anguish or anxiety or mental struggle, right? That there's been this challenge in our brain that we are, we can't see anything else but the problem that's before us, whatever it is, maybe at work, whatever, in our families. But that's because the problem that we are staring at is not the peace that God has given us to allow flow in our life. So for me, when I, when, and, and it's hard, and Jess has challenged me many times on it, when I'm feeling that way as well, what I'm doing is I'm not focusing on the Prince, that, the prince of Peace that is in me, the risen Christ in me, of which His increase of peace, there is no end. What I'm focused on is the thing that is before me, that is overwhelming me, the darkness. I'm going back to the, 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 the darkness that is, is, is killing and tormenting all of us. See, we have to in this decide, will I stand in the, the, the promise of the child that's been given, the promise of the Christ in us that is the light and the risen glory that's, that dwells fully in us? Or will I stand in the things of the old? Will I allow the, this, this promise that's been given to not actually take place in my life? See, we have to allow this to come because God won't force himself upon us. We get to the place where we are looking at salvation, where God brings us and saves us in our, our spirit, right? Now, spirit made fully saved in Him, hidden in Christ. But it's these things that, that we're talking about where we have to walk out in our flesh, right? Paul, he talks about outwalking your salvation with fear and trembling. That is in our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. That when we apply the governance of Christ, when we apply who God is in that place, our mind, will, and emotions, we start to see the lightness, the light piercing the darkness. Those things that are in our brain, those, those anxieties, those troubles, those, the, the, the things that we think through, all those things start to become easily, more easily thought through when we are operating from the governance of God. Does that make sense? The prophecy in Isaiah, the prophecy for Christmas is that, that for to us a child is born. This time of Christmas is not I get to go to heaven. Christ being born is that the darkness has been pierced right now in us. Christmas is that God was born as Emmanuel with us to pierce the darkness now. Not for us to go to heaven. Yes, we get to go to heaven. Yes, there's fullness and salvation. But what Christ is saying is that the very moment right now is the piercing of darkness that Christ has come to take away, to remove the darkness in our life. My exciting journey with the Christmas tree, before I finish, was, I was we have put a Christmas tree up in our home. Yes, I understand that there, there's a wrestle among the Christians as to whether or not we should have Christmas trees or not. That aside... I was sitting just pondering and drinking my coffee and I th thoroughly dislike the heat. So for me, in summer, when the aircon's on, that's my happy place in there. Aircon on in the happy place. But there's an understanding that in Germany, which is where the tree sort of began its journey, 
was that outside it would become freezing cold, right? And that they would bring a tree inside to, to look as life, that everything else outside was filled with snow and was dying, and the tree on the inside was life. And I began thinking about the star on top of the tree, that for me, in Australian summer where we don't have cold outside, we have heat that kills me, and I like to be inside with the cool. That in that home where it's, where it's nice and delightful, I bring a light and I put it in the center of my house. That the, the star on top of the tree, if you will, becomes the center point of the tree that brings the light into my home. That what it was to pick, what the tree was to, to say was that there is now life during the coldest part of the year. There is now light in my house. There is life and light. And as I was sitting there thinking through this, this Christmas tree that I was looking at, I was amazed that, that I decide to put the tree inside. I decide to put the light on top of it. I decide to, because we got a real one, I have to water it. So I have to do all those things, right? I have to ensure that the tree is what it is supposed to be, life and light. But it's my choice. I can take the tree outside. I can remove it. I can take the light from it. I get to decide what that tree, and that's what I, I feel God in this time is that Christ is born unto us as a people to remove the darkness. But we decide whether we want Christ to operate in the governance in which he's been given. We decide in this time, is this Lord going to be you in my life that operates? The, the child is born unto us to flow through us. But we decide what that light looks like. We decide whether we, just, whether we have darkness to rule and reign in our life or whether we have light to rule and reign in our life. Does that make sense? That's all I have to say about that. Merry Christmas. May you have a blessed time. If you... Next week, we're going to be in my home. You don't have to bring anything. Everything is on that invitation. Bring a chair. Bring your swimmers. There is a pool. You can swim in the pool. Um, there will be food and cans of soft drink and water and games to play. And there will be some stuff for the kids. Um, come hang out, have a feast with us, eat lunch with us. Um, and if, yeah, if you have any questions over this break, call Kayla, she'd love to talk to you. Um, and I, I, I just want to say before, before I, I know that, that we all church leaders would never say, I'm not excited about next year and I don't think anything's going to happen, but we all come with this place of that there's some anticipation and some excitement about the next season. And we, Jess and I, really do feel that this next season for us will be a, a season of, of birth, a season of, of new life. We feel like there is a, a, a time for us to step into for what's to come. We feel like there is, there is promises that God has made us as a, as a people, as a community, that there is, are things on the horizon and, and we are excited for those things. We are excited to break and have a rest but we are excited to come back and see what god is stepping us into so why don't you stand let me pray and then father <clears throat> we just come before you right now god i pray lord like i prayed earlier that we would understand the heart that those three wise men had we would understand the excitement and the joy of you being in our midst God, that this wouldn't just be something that, that happens once a year, God, that this would be a time that we truly understand what it means to have you with us.
God, that this Christmas we would, we would realize what your birth actually meant. That there would be a deepening, not just for, for our salvation, but for who we are as a people right now. God, that there would be a, a revealing Lord, that there would be a, a widening of our joy, that we would understand what it is that's taking place in us right now. God, that we were lost before in darkness that ruled and reigned over our life, but you came and pierced that darkness, that morning has come, that your light has shone upon us. God, I pray that there would be a, a, a deep revelation of that, that we would understand that like, like never before this Christmas. God, that as we wake on that day, Lord, regardless of when it is or when it is we celebrate it, that there would be a time to, to ponder the depth of you being with us, of you being Emmanuel, that that wouldn't just be a song that we sing or a word that we say, but there would be a revelation that you, the great King, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in us daily. God, may you continue to reveal that to us. May you continue to deepen that in us. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. God, I thank you for this building. Lord, I thank you for what's been able to be had in this place. Lord, I thank you for the guys that run this. Lord, may you bless them. Father, may we have left a, a sweet aroma of you in this place, God. Lord, I thank you for this as a provision, Lord. And we trust where you're, where you're taking us. We trust the next place you're leading us into. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. And in your beautiful name we pray. Amen.